Welcome to Not Another Nerdy Podcast, episode number 72.5. My name is Tom Van Zandt. I'm your host. With me are my magical and my metal co-hosts, the official lawyer of Not Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Christopher Todd. Good evening, Tom and Not Nation. And it's 69.3.5. What does that mean? That's the episode. It's 69.3.5. Oh, I see. Yes. We're adding <laughs> to the number 69 every... I forgot about that. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to get old. I know. Not for you, anyway. No, not for me. And we have some special guests tonight. A good friend of mine who's been on previous podcasts that I have been a part of. Graphic designer and artist extraordinaire, ladies and gentlemen... Mr. Mark Mastel. Howdy, guys. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Excellent. And from the Reminder Publications, our good friend, writer extraordinaire, Mr. Mike Dobbs. Thanks very much for uh, having us on, Tom. Thanks for coming on, buddy. My pleasure. And I've been told, Mastel told me that I can swear during this. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. You can let your freak Fuck flag yeah. your freak flag can fly. <laughs> we actually oh, okay. prefer that you swear. Yeah, that's right. We make up our own rules in Not Nation. I know. Plus it's the internet. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Okay. Sounds right. good. So just so you guys know, we did record a few nights ago and we did a New York Comic Con recap episode and it went on for like two hours. So originally my intention was to have your interviews on with that and just kind of tie it all together but i don't really want to release a three-hour podcast so we're going to have our very own special half episode that's what this is this is 72.5 it'll be released before episode 73 and it features you fine gentlemen who are going to promote the upcoming bing comic con 2019 taking place in springfield massachusetts usa earth milky way Hey, he called. Tom. He called. He called this gentleman. That's right. Hey, Tom. You know what this is? What is this? Remember when we were kids? They haven't done this in a long time. But remember when we were kids, and every now and then there would be some hard-hitting episode of a sitcom, and it would always have the "This is a very special episode." <laughs> this is our right. very own very special episode. That's exactly right. And also because the idea of editing a three-hour podcast is daunting to me. Like, it makes me never want to podcast again. So that's the other reason why we're going to have this as a separate show. (laughs) But it'll be great. So, gentlemen, Mark, you can go first. And why don't you refresh the memories? I know some of our listeners remember you from the So Wizard podcast days. But why don't you tell our listeners out there a little bit about yourself, give some nerd cred. And then we'll All right. we'll let Mike do the same thing, and then we'll get into Bing Comic Con. Okay, uh, I'm an illustrator. Been illustrating comic books, magazines, recently beer can labels for the past say 25, 30 years. Tom Snagoski and I just collected our Sharpay series into the Chronicles of Sharpay, which is now available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. 300 pages, big ass book. 
we're really proud of it. I was just at the uh, Merrimack Valley Horror Writers event yesterday in Haverhill, Mass. Our friend Christopher Golden puts that event on, and he has, say, 50 writers. They're all horror writers. And Tom was there, and we had some books out, and we were selling them, and everybody said the book looked great. So that's where I'm at now, working on a couple other small things here and there, and working with my pal, Mr. Dobbs. I can't wait to see your book, by the way. Thanks. I'll have one for you at the show. I'm very much looking forward to it. Of course, I have the original copies, not all of them, admittedly, but I have a few of them. That's okay. And I'm looking forward to seeing this book because you have been working hard on it for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy and I worked out the deal last spring, and then I had to rescan all the artwork that I still had. And then uh, we both agreed that the whole, the whole series had to be relettered. So that took the longest. And also, too, uh, you know, a lot of that old Duashade board has really started to turn kind of orangey. And mm. it was just it was just a chore just to make it all look nice and clean. Right. Um, it was kind of like editing a podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to <laughs> work hard to make it look good. Meticulous. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. And, of course, uh, for those who don't know, Mark is famous for a certain sound drop that he once created. A uh, little soundbite that I, I personally find him famous for in the podcasting world. And, of course, that's this one. Everybody's got a little piece of Van Zant in them. That's a classic. That is a it, classic. It, do you have it as your ringtone yet? No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, I ne- This is a lot clock, though. I never get tired of it. All right. And now, Mr. Mike Dobbs, I have been waiting to podcast with you for years. And I, I don't know why it's taken us so long to get together on this, but I'm happy to have you here, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I deeply appreciate it. Okay, so I need to establish nerd cred, huh? <laughs> Just tell everyone about okay. yourself. <laughs> uh, I am the managing editor for Reminder Publishing. So we publish a whole bunch of newspapers circulation of our weeklies is now at 104,000 copies every week here in Western Massachusetts. But I am a deeply rooted nerd. And before any of you were even zygotes, I was uh, (laughs) busy being a nerd. Uh, I'm I'm 65 years old, which means that the conventions I went to, like I, I used to go regularly to the original New York Comic Con, which was founded by Phil Suling youngsters these days don't know who Phil Suling was. Well, Phil really sort of invented the concept of the convention, and he also invented another concept, and that he is the guy who is responsible for the direct sales market. He's the guy who came up with the idea of direct sales to comic book shops, uh, which was the foundation for the, uh, the business model for a large part of the comic book industry for many, many years, and, and to a certain extent still is. But when I was a young, foolish man, as opposed to an old, foolish man, we'd get on a bus and go to New York City, and, geez, it was a different time and place. But uh, since then, I've done uh, things like publish a magazine on animation called Animato, which had national distribution in the 1990s. Anytime I can get a chance to interview someone who I'm I'm interested in. I grabbed that. In fact, I collected them in a book called uh, 15 Minutes With, 40 Years of Interviews. So it goes, the, uh, the the most recognizable nerd names probably in the book include starting out with Buster Crabbe, Flash Gordon himself from the serials of the 1930s, to Ray Bradbury, to Vincent Price, to Leonard Nimoy. Wow. You get the idea. So I've been very, very fortunate to be able to have conversations with a 
large variety of people. And yeah, I'm a nerd. Goddamn it. <laughs> and we love you. And I'm I'm proud of it. A proud know? member it, of Not Nation. It, it does create an interesting a workplace situation because all of my staff, nearly all of my staff, are millennials. And, right. Um, it's just like speaking Sanskrit to them. They right. just don't understand. Well, unless it's you know a Marvel MCU movie that they can relate to, you know, that's been released within the last ten or fifteen years. But we've all been nerds way before Marvel was cool in movies. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. In fact, Mark just got me a copy of Howard Chaykin's new book. Nice. What's it called? Um, hey, hey kids. kids comics <laughs> and i just finished that and that is a remarkable piece of work awesome just remarkable and i would urge anyone who has any interest in uh, the history of comics to pick it up because it's really fascinating all right boys well thank you for that little history on yourselves and now let's talk about bing comic con mark mastell yes sir how did bing comic con come into well first of all what is it and how did it come into being how did it come to exist sure bing comic con is a uh, springfield based comic book convention that we've been putting on now for six years would that be uh, springfield our, massachusetts usa earth, earth milky way earth milky way Perfect. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah our goal was to figure out some way to raise funds for the bing art center run by Brian Hale and his board of directors. The Bing is a nonprofit art center. They have live acts. They show movies. They have art exhibits. They have uh, authors' readings. And Mike and I were driving somewhere, and I think we were discussing about you know how there hasn't been a convention in Springfield in 15-plus years. So we're like, well, let's, let's put together a little convention. I know a lot of artists and stuff. Let's make it more artist-centric. You know, we don't need a lot of comic book dealers. Let's make an affordable show for the people to attend and also, too, for the artists to be able to afford a, you know, a table rate. You know, when you do one of these big New York shows and you're there for two, three days and you're shelling out three, $400 for a table and then you've got to get a hotel and travel and all that, you're not making any money. Right. Uh, so our goal is to just set up an affordable show for the locals and see who comes. And I tell you, our first year, we were, we were pleasantly surprised. And that um, was actually at the Bing Arts Center the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at the Bing. We squeezed in about 27 tables. We should have maybe squeezed in about 22. It was, yeah. it was a little tight. The Bing's not very big. because Only about uh, half of it is being used. They still have to raise enough money to finish the actual theater itself. But there's the lobby and a couple of secondary uh, rooms, and we filled them all up. And it was basically a uh, grassroots deal where I put out on Facebook, invited a lot of my artist friends, people I didn't even know just showed up, contacted us, bought tables. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was we a great, a, great show. That first year yeah, was great. Yeah. Yep. yeah, we had a steady flow of people. Mr. Tom Van Zandt showed up and surprised yeah. the heck out of me because I haven't seen you in a while. That's right. Yeah, and it was beautiful. I mean, we had we had one guy show up. He's a cosplayer. Walking around in a black stormtrooper yeah. outfit, <laughs> Mr. Up, Tim up Wiley. <laughs> yeah, Tim Wiley. Yeah. You know, he was just walking up and down Sumner Avenue, waving at everybody, and you know, people are happy. They were, they were selling, you know, they were selling books, selling art, and everybody walked away feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, in so, fact, it was so yeah. great, I wanted to get involved. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. And and what worked out great for us was uh, we want we knew we had to expand. We couldn't do another show at the Bing, so we talked to Brian Hale, and he knows a lot of people in the Springfield area. And for 
an absolutely sweet deal. He got us an opportunity to use Asbury Hall, which is part of Trinity Methodist Church, which for anybody walking in there, it's it's this beautiful, big Gothic stone church right on Sumner Ave. Oh, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. And we were given the opportunity to have free parking and they have a kitchen facility. So we were able to get at that time, Wild Wild Olive came down and they catered it. And this way, we, you know, people are in a show and they're able to buy affordable food on the premises. They don't have to leave the, you know, the shop. Right. So uh, we had a nice big stage and I reached out to this, this DJ guy and I was like, Hey man, you know, we could really use some music (laughs) and some emceeing. And, and then lo and behold, Tom Van Zant stepped up and uh, filled the shoes. Thank you. Yeah, I was honored to be asked. I, I did tell you at that first show, I'm like, man, I'd like to get involved with this. This is really, this is a cool idea. I like what you guys are doing. And then when you moved to that new space for year two, you definitely had room for me and, and you fit me in quite nicely, I would say. Oh, and, and you've just grown and become a, a, a huge part of it because, you know, we have our cosplay parade. Yes, and, we do. you know, sometimes we have other people who step up and, and try to run it, but when we have it, you're there and you're doing the gig and you're making it work. And we also have the art fight, which yeah, uh, we yeah. love the art fight. <laughs> the art fight. You know, we just like I said, we just we just did a podcast the other day with the Pine of Comic guys, and we were talking to John Amenta and John Johnson. Yeah, and, John and John. Shout out yeah. to the Pine of Comic guys. We love those guys. And we got to talk about the art fight, and they were both laughing because John uh, Amenta has beat Johnson two years in a row. And, yeah. Johnson's going to try to win this year, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but but in a nutshell, the art fight is um, two people come up and they square off on a big pad of paper with a marker. And for 90 seconds, they are have to draw whatever the audience throws up at us for topics. And it could be something as simple as uh, Cthulhu on a unicorn or Cthulhu <laughs> on a unicycle. I had last year was myself and Jim Lawson. And it was a dog and Darth Vader riding a motorcycle. Nice. You know, and it was great. And, you know, I walk around and I sometimes guilt these people to say, hey, come on up, do some drawing. Because not a lot of people don't like to really get up on stage. And no. Become the and center of and let's face it, a lot of artists are not, they're not all Rob Liefeld. They don't want to be in the spotlight. So, you know, it's nice when they're willing to participate. And it's for a good cause. And I might add, if you attend the con, and you have little ones, they always give the finished drawings out to the youngsters in the crowd, which I think is a nice keepsake for them as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part about it. You know, we're very family-oriented. We're very kid-oriented. I just had a guy the other day on Facebook reach out to me and ask us if we had a liquor license. Oh, boy. I was like, I was like, It's well, not that kind of a show. <laughs> not that kind of show. Plus, we also are in a church. Right. So, you know, alcohol is kind of verboten, but... You know, personally, if if we were in a different kind of event, different hall, I still wouldn't be serving alcohol to our show. You know, this is very family oriented. We want people to show up with their kids and feel comfortable and get that whole family mentality because that's how all all the artists are too. Everybody knows each other and we all are friends. And whenever we see each other every year, it's like, hey, how you doing? Big hugs. And, you know, that's the best part about it. Absolutely. Mike, what are your feelings about it? What what do you like about running this show and... What are you most proud of about it? Well, what I'm most proud about is that it has built a community. And again, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll harken back to the late 60s, early 70s. When you, you used to go to these shows and no one charged for an autograph. People were selling their artwork, selling their books. No one charged for an autograph. Right. Right now, when you come to 
Bing Khan, you can talk to someone who's created a piece of art, a book, a print, maybe a craft item. You can talk to that person who's actually created it. And at no point are they going to give you the stink eye and expect that you're going to fork over a whole bunch of money for an autograph or That's something. That's right. This is, this is all about, to me, I imagine it must be great if you're 10 or 11 or 12 years old and you come to BingCon with your folks or an older sibling and you can actually meet somebody who has put together a graphic novel or put together a comic book or did this incredible print and you can it's not just that you can buy it from them you can talk to them right you can actually like you know be inspired maybe a little bit pick their brain uh, and, and, I, and they'll I've be known, willing to share how they went about it with you I've, I've seen a lot of that a lot of people trying to come up and and self-publish and get into it i've seen a lot of people have been comic-con mentoring and that's really exciting too I like the idea that we've got, even though we have new guests every year, we have a group of people who return and we have a group of, we have an audience that returns as well as new people who discover the show. And to me, it's, it's a community-based thing, community-based in the terms of being in, in Western Massachusetts, but it's also community-based in terms of, of building a group of people who feel comfortable to talk to one another about what they're doing and how they did it. And I'm, I, I feel very strongly that we're doing something that may seem retro or old fashioned to some people, but I think it gets down to the, the essential element of being a fan. And that is that you can actually not only go to some place where you can talk to fellow fans, but you can talk to the people who are doing things that are really cool. You know, I just, I understand why people charge for autographs. I really do. I, I understand that. However, I was at a, a show in New York City in the early 70s, and who was sitting there at a table signing for free but Jack Kirby? Oh, man, the legend. Okay. Uh, in fact, the, the, the comic King. that he signed for me was the issue of Commandy, and I don't know if you remember Commandy. Of course. Where Commandy discovers in this cave the Superman suit. And it's, it's a great issue, and I had him sign it. He was a pleasant, nice guy. To all the fans. Nice. I asked him some questions about some of his books at DC. He answered the questions. He was cool. The kid behind me had a stack of probably about 15 books, and Kirby signed all of those. Now, wow. granted, I'm sure the, the kid went back and tried to sell them in the dealer's room. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, back in the day, there was this sense of community. And there was this sense that if an artist appeared at a show the value was in that promotion. The value was in servicing that audience and, and servicing that fan base. And I think that's what we do at BingCon. We, we give people opportunity to actually have an experience that isn't completely and totally predicated on a transaction of cash. And yes, it may seem old fashioned, but I think it works. Mark and I, you know, have talked about, well, should we expand the show and get the show someplace else, like the Mass Mutual Center downtown or MGM or someplace like that. Right. And ultimately, the business side of it would dictate that instead of a $5 admission fee, we're going to have to go for 20 That's right. Because we're, we're going to have to pay for that hall. And if you're paying 20 bucks, that means you need to have celebrities. You right. need to have these people who, who want to walk away from their con experience with $10,000 in their pocket at the mm -hmm. very least. Mark and I are not 
wealthy guys. And we cannot afford to take that kind of financial risk. And then it changes BinCon into something that's sadly typical. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be typical. There are enough so, of those type of shows around. Right. And would it be great to have a, maybe one celeb type? Well, sure. If we could get someone who would donate their time. so I think you should try sense. to get Kevin Eastman. <laughs> Not for ten k a pop. Yeah, you don't think you don't think he'd give a hometown discount? <laughs> yeah, you know it. It would be great if we could get someone like Kevin Eastman to like say, "Okay, I'll come for free because I want to make sure that the Bing gets a whole bunch of people in here and raises money." Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen, right? That's, that's not, not reality. <laughs> so. Um, we're very happy that people like Jim Lawson and Richard Peeney turn up repeatedly. We're happy that our good friend Steve Murphy, the author of Puma Blues, and who also wrote a lot of the um, Ninja Turtle Archie series that was so popular, that Murph comes to this. We're really pleased that there are people who are in the area who have accomplished things that decide that they're going to come and spend a day at, at BinCon. We really appreciate um, you even we really appreciate you, them. You even used to get Steve Bissett to come. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Mark, did you tell him that we shouldn't mention the B word during oh, the podcast? Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, Mr. No, I mean, Steve is a good friend of ours. He is. He's a great and, guy. And, and all friends, you know, everyone's got their quirks and we love Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Steve has basically said he's going to step back from doing conventions and stuff. So he's. Right. Semi-officially retired. We'd love to get him back at Bing, but you know it's 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 not going to happen. At least not this you know not this year. Maybe next year. He and I are working on a couple little projects for him to promote. And once we get those out and about, his best opportunity will be to go out and do small shows or signings, and and get these books out there. Speaking of celebrities, I just want to do a quick little drop here. For some reason, between myself and Brian, we are getting these these cold emails from different promoters. Mm -hmm. So three of the different celebrities, we had the opportunities to book, even though we didn't really research how much, uh, Arne Anderson, wrestler, Tully Blanchard, also a wrestler. They were part of the four horsemen. And the big one that we hemmed and hawed about and discussed, but realized we really couldn't afford her would have been Carmen Electra. Oh boy. Wait a minute. Oh, we actually did hem and haw about Carmen Electra. Well, we we hemmed and hawed and said, "Well, we can't afford her." Yeah. Uh, and the other, you, and the other you, one. There, you said to yourselves, yeah, the, "You said to yourselves, she might have been worth that 15 years ago." That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> before uh, before that, she yeah, hit the, the wall. Other, yeah, the other one that we were, we were approached by was uh, Gigi Edgley from Farscape. Oh my God, I love her. If you had gotten yeah. her, I would have been fanboying all day long. Oh. I, I, we would have had to put her up on the stage with you. you yeah, know? you would have. <laughs> And that would have been perfectly fine by me. Tom, you could have been her handler. For the oh, day. I'd love to be her handler. Just don't tell Mrs. Bo. <laughs> we'll we're we're not going to do us. that. We'll keep that between us. I am a big Gigi Angeli fan. I'm a big Farscape fan anyway. I think Farscape was one of the absolutely best science fiction series ever to be on TV. Mm-hmm. I Agreed. think it was very underrated. I loved it. And honestly, you know, if, if we could have afforded someone like her, I mean, that would have been phenomenal. Absolutely. But, Mark, I think the minimum was was ten grand for her. Wow. And yes. 
It's yeah. just that's you might as well say five million. I mean, right. it would make no difference. We're right, not gonna, right, right. We don't have the ten grand. So let me. Yeah. So the, how does it work when? Because you guys are promoters and I'm not, so I don't know. So you pay an appearance fee, and then on top of that, they get to charge whatever they want for their autograph on top of the appearance fee you're paying them. Or how does that work? Go ahead, Mike. Well, no, no, you you know that better than I do because you, uh, you, okay. you were talking about with the folks at Rock and Shock about that. Yeah. So what will happen is they'll approach, you know, celebrity or their uh, the celebrities people will reach out saying, you know, my guy is available for this show or that show. Mm-hmm. And basically what they want to do is they want to walk away with airfare and a hotel and say 10 grand minimum in their pocket. I see. So what you do then is is your celebrity sits down. They bring all their own pictures and all this stuff that they want to get signed, and they're assigned a handler, someone who's going to keep an eye on them for the, either for the day or two days or three days. Mm-hmm. And they keep a tally. They take all the money from every signature and photo that goes across that table. Then at the end of the show, or probably a week or so after, they tally all that money up, subtract that from the ten grand, and then what's remaining is then sent to the celebrity. I see. So they've worked hard for their money, and then they get the remainder. So eventually, at the end of the day, they have ten grand in the pocket, and you've had some very happy people come through. So regardless of whether they sell ten thousand dollars worth of autographs, they get their ten grand. That's how that works. Correct. I got you. And then, and that's why they have the handler there too. There's a, a guy from how can I put this? Uh, he hangs out a ver- with a very famous director. Uh, Marty La- Marty Langford, famous director Marty Langford. No, no, him hack. I, hack. I like to dr- I like to name drop my friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see. No, this this actor, if you can call him that, likes to hang out with his silent friend, uh-huh. who has done a lot of interesting movies over yeah, the years. Got it. And he's one of these guys. One of these guys that doesn't like to hang around his table. Really? He will go here and there and well, fart around. He's, he's and, very energetic. And, that guy. Yes, he is. And he doesn't sit down and sell his stuff. So that at the end of the, the show, he's looking for his ten grand, and the handler's going, dude, you weren't even around. <laughs> you, you know, we'll, we'll pay you your fee, but you also have to do your part right. and make some money off of it. Yeah. Yeah, so do we have ten grand floating around our pocket? No. No, no. <laughs> so, I hear you. Yeah. I, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to people like uh, Mitch Halleck, who does Terrificon, mm-hmm. and he was associated with another show for a very long time, and then something happened, and they split off, and he started doing Terrificon on his own, and I won't get into specifics, but you know, he had to raise money this way and that way just to get his first few shows going. Sure. You know, because he, I mean... Yeah, he didn't, have, he didn't have financial place. backers. It's a, it's a big tally, right. and... Yeah. You know, he gets the celebrities and he gets a lot of special artists that I'm sure he's got them coming in or flying in as opposed to the artist alley who pay for their tables. Sure. Yeah, I can't imagine. Mitch, God bless Mitch and guys like Eric Yakko and all those guys that do these bigger shows. My head would explode. I don't know how the hell they do it. It's fucking crazy. I don't either. I mean, I, I equate our show with... Some of the other, for, you know, one-day shows. TC4 does Brass City mm-hmm. down in uh, down in Connecticut. Our friend Keith Gleason, yeah, I'm name-dropping friends does now. Does Plastic City? Um, he he does Plastic City up in Fitchburg, and yeah. he puts on a great show. and And somehow he has managed to get a couple celebrities every year. Wow! This past year he had uh, Larry Hama. 
Nice. And Larry he also Hama. had a, uh, uh, an older actress. She was a voice actress. I didn't recognize her name. Mike might know who she is. Why? Because she's older? That's and... not right. You think What's just that? Why? Because she's older? Mike's going to know who she is? Why are, you, why are you being ageist here? No, because Mike's more of an animation guy. I he knows you. who a lot of the uh, voice actors and actresses are. <laughs> he has his own very little special uh, genre. That's right. He's a voice actor groupie. Not too many people know that about him. He loves Billy West. Yeah, but who doesn't? Billy West is the man. Billy's a great guy. Last year, Tom, I, I went uh, to that big show in Boston. Mm-hmm. Was it the Boston Comic Con? I yep. can't remember. Uh, in any event, so you know, I'm walking around the celebrity area, and there's only two celebs that I wanted to talk to, and that was Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson, who are voice actors that most people listening to this podcast have heard their work. Uh, Rob was one of the Animaniacs. He was one of the original Ninja Turtles. And he was Pinky of Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> Maurice LaMarche was the brain. Awesome. And is now doing voices on Matt Groening's new Netflix series, Disenchanted. So, you know, I, I stood in line and they were both late and they both came in and being the nice guys that they were, they were greeting everyone in line and apologizing for being late. And, you know, Rob comes up to me and says, well, thank you very much, sir, for waiting. And I said, Rob, my name is Mike Dobbs. I used to run Animato Magazine. Mike Dobbs! Oh, my God, I haven't <laughs> seen you in years. All oh, this is great. Maurice gave me this, the same uh, treatment. It was really, really nice. I mean, my ego was stroked uh, considerably. <laughs> Other than that, you know, it's like uh, I, I wasn't interested in, in the celebrities. Right. In fact, I find the entire celebrity thing to be borderline sad at times. Mm. I mean, Tom, I'm sure you've been to shows where you go into the celebrity area and there's someone who you know and they're sitting there at this table and no one is paying attention to them. I feel so bad for some of them. And and these are like people that in their heyday, they were cream of the crop, man. They would have been like featured guests at shows. But, you know, 20 years went by and now these new kids haven't a clue who they are or don't care enough to want an autograph from them. And it, it is sad when, really sad when they put them next to a really popular person and that person's got like a line going all the way around. And then right next to him is this other poor schlub who has been waiting 20 minutes just for one person to come by and look at their stuff. At this Boston show, they had Keir DeLee and Gary Lockwood, who were the two leads in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, wow. And now they're both easily in their 70s at this point. Yeah. And they're sitting there and nobody knows who the hell they are. No. Because the bulk of the people there probably aren't even aware of that movie or Kubrick or anything else. I right. mean, it, and it was very sad. And yet I wanted to go up to him and just say, geez, I would love to sit and talk to you and interview you about what it was like to work with Stanley Kubrick. Right. But, you know, the problem is today at these shows is that if you go up to someone, they expect you to buy something. Sure, you feel obligated to purchase something and not waste their and, time, right? And it didn't used to be that way. No. And it's sad that it's that way now because, you know, I would love to have talked to them. Sure. Um, you know, Paul Rubens was there. And it's like, <laughs> I'm a huge Paul Rubens fan. I love his stuff. I love right. his work. He's Great character actor, and of course he was Pee Wee Herman. I love his work in movie theaters. <laughs> you know, 
The only thing I can say is uh, Don't maybe yourself. we've all been tempted to do something inappropriate sometimes. What do you mean tempted? A, Come on, I just never got caught. That's all. It was. It's a victimless crime. Sure. Let's face it. You know. Yeah. But you know, it. I, I think he was charging like eighty bucks for an autograph. Wow. And I'm thinking I can't go up there without eighty bucks in my hand. Yeah. And it was sad. And and that's one thing I like about our show is that none of that goes on. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Everybody's approachable. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I understand why people do it. There was a story that I read not too long ago that stated that if, if you're a TV actor and you're in a genre show, you can make more money in one weekend at a pop culture convention signing autographs than you will be making by actually filming an episode of your show. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and that's a problem of these conventions, isn't it? I mean, they've set the market. I mean, they, mm-hmm. it's they kind of did it to themselves. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And I just, I think it's it's I think it's sort of sad, but. Yeah. It's what it it's what the hallmark of the bigger shows are, and smaller shows try to do the best they can to to imitate this. And except for us at Bing, because Mark and I don't we don't play that. Well, and we I here's here. Let me tell you, as an as a as a fan, and as someone who was an attendee of the first year of Bing Comic Con, so your show is special because a it's only five dollars to get in, which that is so affordable. I mean, anyone out there, you want to bring your family instead of costing you 150 bucks to bring your family to a big show, it's going to cost you 20, 25 bucks to bring your four or five family members to Bing Comic Con. And it's a fun experience. There's a lot of stuff to see, a lot of different stuff. You guys have a lot of different vendors and different creators. So you get a little bit of everything there. I'll let you talk more about who's going to be there shortly. But so I really enjoyed that. I liked that it was kind of a multimedia type of encompassing thing, even though it's a comic con, it touched on a little bit of everything different. There's crafts and and different stuff there that you wouldn't normally expect to see, especially at these bigger shows. And it's stuff that, you know, you may not even be exposed to otherwise. And it's like, wow, that's cool. I didn't know that existed. Thanks for introducing me to that. And and I get to meet this person and talk to them about what they're doing, and and that's really awesome. So I really like that aspect. Uh, obviously, the price is right to get in, and it's a one-day event. So, you know, you don't have to worry about getting a hotel, staying overnight, and you can come up for the day from Connecticut or come down from Vermont or even over from New York. It's not that far away. Springfield, Massachusetts, USA Earth Milky Way is pretty centrally located Come out from Boston, Rhode Island, come on up for the day, 11 to 5, right? 11 to 5, is yep. that the hours? I yeah, mean, 11 to 5. You got a six-hour yeah, window. You come and have some fun. It's great. You do. We have the cosplay parade, like you said, so we get some cosplayers to show up, and they come up on stage, and uh, I think there's a few little prizes for the best cosplays, which is nice. And then, of course, the world-famous Bing Comic Con art fight, which I always personally look forward to. You know, it's a fun thing. You know, you, you you get entertained for five bucks, and you get exposed to all this great shit. What more yeah, could I mean, you ask for? I mean, five bucks to get in, free parking, food on the premises. You know, Springfield's growing and expanding. And people who aren't familiar with the area, once they come here, you know, say they leave at like 2 o'clock, 
then they're like, well, what can we do? Well, hey, I mean, <laughs> MGM Casino is right down the street. It's the literally, fame is right down it's the literally street. five minutes from where the Bing Comic Con is. You can get to yeah. M- you can get to downtown to MGM and the Basketball Hall of Fame. Five minutes. It's pretty yeah, awesome. You can, you can you can go over to the Vincent Museum. You can go over to the uh, Dr. Seuss Museum. Mm-hmm. If you want to go something a little bit more eclectic, drive um, you know thirty minutes up the highway and you're in Northampton or East Hampton. Yeah, it's awesome. So, lots of things to offer the people. Great. Chris, anything you want to ask these guys? Because uh, have you ever been to uh, Bing Comic Con, Chris? Okay. Yeah, I've, been, I've only been once, but I, I like it. I think it's a great con. I love the fact that it's in Springfield, USA, Earth, Milky Way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our own local our local con, and, and yeah. I'm, just, I'm just really enjoying what you guys are, are saying about this because, you know, aside from, well, you'll hear from our other podcast, one of the things I hate the most about Comic-Cons are lines. <laughs> and just the fact that it's not just a, just a place to stand in line and get autographs and a photograph that you're going to overpay for. I'm just sitting here with my mind blown that Pee Wee Herman gets 80 bucks. <laughs> I, I I can't believe that. And that people will actually pay that. I mean, granted he has a, you know, a certain spot in all of our hearts for, I guess, people of our age for, from our childhood, from you know, the movies and the TV show, but good God, 80 bucks for Pee Wee Herman's autograph. That is a lot, but still yeah, yeah. that's, you know, I like the fact that you get to that. This is a con that really gets. It's for the people. That's mm-hmm. the best way to put it. My comment was Tracy Lord's autograph years ago. Uh, Tracy Lord's autograph was forty dollars, and and the Tracy uh, the Tracy Lord story that I can share with you is that I had a copy of her autobiography. Now, hold on, Mike, real quick, because some of these kids listening are a little young. So for those of you who don't know who Tracy Lords is, you can Google, but I'll save you the trouble. She was an adult film star from the 80s. Oh! Tracy Lords has a particular footnote in the history of cinema. (laughs) Because this is the truth. Because... Tracy Lords was discovered that that all but two of her films were done, and this was back in the era where they actually made like feature films. That all but two of her films were done when she was underage. Mm-hmm. So all but two of her films are legally classified as child pornography. Uh, they must be deleted. She elected to make the announcement. That because she was trying to make this transition from being in the porn industry to being in being a straight actress. So she announced the reality of the situation. She announced that she had been doing this stuff with fake IDs and that all of these films were starring an underaged woman. That's some bullshit. The interesting thing about Tracy Lords is that not only did she actually cause millions of dollars of damage in the porn industry. Because these companies had all sorts of inventory of her stuff, which then became as illegal as illegal is, Mm. and they had to destroy. But then she actually was able to get straight roles in any number of mainstream kind of things. I mean, she was on the Roseanne show as Mm -hmm. a a semi-regular. She has done uh, John Waters movies. Yeah, she was in Crybaby. Yeah, you know, it's like she's done a lot of stuff. That nobody from there's never been a person 
from that industry that has had the success as a crossover into mainstream entertainment than her. And that's why I said she actually holds a position in in the history of American film because nobody else has done this, period. Jenna Jameson tried, but it didn't work out. Right, yeah. Jenna Jameson had tried. Ginger Lynn tried. There was a number of people who have tried. Tracy was the only one where it actually stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was at uh, Rock and Shock in Worcester, and I walked up to her and I said, listen, I've already bought your book. It was a very interesting book. How much would you charge for an autograph? And she looked at me and she said, well, every autograph is $40 regardless. And I looked at her and I wanted to say, I've already bought your book. (laughs) However, I will pass. And so she was so rude about it that I came home and I put the book in a box that went to Goodwill or something like that. I just got rid of it. Because, you know, it, it sort of illustrates, I dig it, she's trying to make some money, but at the same time, if somebody comes up and says, hey, I've already spent 25 bucks on your book, right? you would like to think that they could say, well, thank you very much for the support, and, you know, because you've already bought the book. But that's just the nature of, of, of the convention experience now. I mean, I just think that people see it as an opportunity to make some money, and I'm a, I'm a thorough capitalist, let's go make that money. There's nothing wrong with trying to make money. But at the same time, if you as a kid had a role in a movie that was popular and now you're like 43 and you're sitting at some convention hall someplace trying to convince people that you need to spend $40 on an autograph of a picture of a somebody who was in a movie when they were 10 years old, right. I am sorry. You're That's not, pathetic. <laughs> you're not that guy anymore. <laughs> you're not that kid anymore. You know, it's like all the... All the kids that were in the Willy Wonka film, mm-hmm. all of them have go to these conventions. Yep. And it's like, oh, I, I was the kid who turned into a big grape. Okay, great. <laughs> what I was, what else have you done? I was Veruca Salt. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the other day I just saw for Rhode Island Comic Con, they have an actress who was the the first swimmer in Jaws. She was the first shark attack victim. Nice. You mean uh, the blonde, she, the blonde yeah. at the beginning of the film? What the hell yeah, is she charging she, yeah. for an autograph? Yeah, she played Chrissy, and uh, she's going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con. So I said, okay, well, let's let's Google her and see what she looks like. She doesn't look like Chrissy anymore. Does she look like she didn't survive the shark attack? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she did. She didn't walk. But, you know, she didn't come out to too make good. A buck, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because Joey from So Wizard and I went to a con years ago. It was one of the Wizard World cons in Philadelphia. And we both couldn't stop laughing because one of the guests in the alley of, you know, has been celebrities, Mike, uh, you referred to earlier, was the Jawa that shot R2 in the original Star Wars. You're you're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. And here's the best part. The Jawa was in a costume. So any small person could have sat there and said, I was the Jawa that shot R2. And who could refute it? I mean, nobody would have known one way or the other, but that was this particular actor's claim to fame. They were the Jawa that shot R2. Utiti! You know, so. And it okay, was can ridiculous. I, can I say something that might be a little controversial? And to I, a think lot they, of... I think they were getting 25 bucks for that autograph. <laughs> okay, I just have to say this because this is just something I felt for a long time Go ahead. about the whole autograph thing, period. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of think they're stupid. Well, and they I'll are. tell you why. Yeah. Because, and paying someone for an autograph is even dumber. Okay. <laughs> for the simple fact, and if people will do it, fine. I agree. If people are going to pay you for your time and a service and whatever, that's how things work. But the fact of the matter is, all an autograph really is, is proof that you met someone. And really, it's not because you could nowadays with eBay, you could purchase something with an autograph on it and just lie and say, yeah, I met so-and-so and and this is their autograph, you know, unless you have. Exactly. Exactly. All that is, is proof that you met someone. Mm -hmm. I personally, if I meet a celebrity or a musician or an actor or an athlete or somebody that I am a fan of, I just want to, and I've done this before. I just want to walk up to them and say, thank you for what you've done. I really like it. And if they'll talk to me for a second, great. That's all I need. It's yeah. in my head. I know I met them. I don't need proof of that. I have that. Right. That's what matters to me. Standing in line for hours to get somebody to spend three seconds signing an autograph to say thank you, that's not meeting them. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. That's getting them to sign a piece of paper. Doesn't matter. Now, maybe if you had let's say Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Right. And you got him to sign it. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. But just standing in line to get someone to sign a piece of paper, all it is is to say to other people, I stood in line to not really meet someone, to pay a bunch of money to get them to sign this picture. It's meaningless. It's stupid. You're right. So that's part of the reason why I don't like lines at things because I'm not going to stand in line for that. If I can actually meet someone and talk to them, and I have that memory, that's all I want. And if I could shake their hand, even better. Well, guess what? That's why you should go to Bing Comic-Con, because you can do that at Bing Comic-Con. There are that's a lot of cool That's what I like creators. about this yeah. one. You could talk to people. You could say, what were you thinking when you drew this? Or <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Like, you what's your motivation? What do you, what, 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 what do you want to say that to Mark? Is that what you're, what are you implying there? <laughs> Were you on crack when you drew that? What the hell well, were you on? It's not being negative. I'm just saying that you want to say you see something that you like. You want to know what your thought process is to creating this. Mm-hmm. Because that's the interesting part in creation is how you came to that. That's true. Yeah. You're right. Let me tell you a, a story about George Romero. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. Wait, first tell us. Doing... Well, tell everyone who George Romero is because some people. You, okay. This is a common hey, George, problem in podcasts. George, People George, assume George that everyone was knows. The director of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, he was. He, he and John Russo, who was the screenwriter, essentially invented the zombie genre as we know it. They did. In fact, uh, the guy who did The Walking Dead ought to be sending a freaking royalty check Robert to Kirkman. Romero and yeah. Russo. You're right. And he so, credits them. He'll he'll credit them for that too. You know, he'll tell you right out that was his inspiration. Originally, walking, so, he was going to call Walking Dead Night of the Living Dead the original comic book because it was, what do you call it? It was open domain, the name. Right. And he decided not to because someone said to him, if this ends up taking off, you want it to be your own thing and have your own name. So that's why he came up with the name Walking Dead. Anyway, sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, no. <clears throat> so many, many years ago, I was on talk radio and I did an interview with Romero for his third zombie film, The Day of the Dead. Very interesting guy, very articulate, uh, fascinating independent filmmaker. So, uh, you know, we fast forward, and I'm at a rock and shock in Worcester. And before I go to the rock and shock, freaking Bassett calls me up and he says, uh, I need you to ask George Romero a question. I said, You're going to make me stand in line 
to ask George Romero a question. What the hell is the question? So Steve was doing some sort of research work on something, and he wanted to know if Romero was familiar with some incident that was in the news prior to him doing the first Dead movie. And I said, okay. So I got in the line at Rock and Shock, which was a long line, and I'm waiting, and I come up to the first minion, and the first minion says to me, uh, so uh, what do you want to have George sign? I said, nothing. I want to ask him a question. Ah. And, the min- and the minion looks at me as if I had just taken a steaming dump onto his table. <laughs> <laughs> so the first I like how, I like how you call him a minion and not a handler. That's marvelous. <laughs> Uh, well, the, the first one goes to the second one, who's standing next to George, and he says, This guy wants to ask a question. He doesn't want to buy anything. And the second one looks at me, you know, like, like, oh, my God, what kind of unwashed caveman are you that you, you don't want to buy something? <laughs> don't you know what we're so, here for? So I got up there, and Romero consented to listen to the question. Nice. <laughs> so I asked him the question. He says, no. I said, no is your answer? Yes. I said, thank you very much, Mr. Romero. And of course, I name-dropped Bassett. You know, I did, I did all the context so he understood what I was doing. He said, no. So to make matters worse, I called Bassett up and I said, I just spoke to Romero. And he said, no. He says, did you record that? I said, what the hell do you mean did I record that? <laughs> he, said, he said, no. He said, it what was is there to record? Right. word answer. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I wish you had recorded this. It's like, oh, my God. No <laughs> wonder I, I'm gray. But, you so, know, it, it was like to just go up to the guy and say, hey, I have a question for you about something pertaining to one of your movies. I was like, you know, shaking the pillars of heaven or something. I mean, it was just <laughs> like I was, I was doing something wrong. Oh, man. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a shame when you have that kind of experience because my own experience with Romero back in the eighties was that he was a great interview and he was willing to talk and he was very nice. But of course, um, at that point, uh, rock and shock point, he was a huge celeb and he had a huge line. I mean, you wouldn't have liked this guy cause he had a big line. So what was the question? The question had to do with some sort of report about a UFO sighting. And I'm not sure exactly what Bassett was doing with this, because Bassett tends to work on all sorts of things at times, and you're not quite sure where any of his projects are going to go, or if his projects actually emerge. <laughs> Am I a little bit bitter there, Mark? Um, <laughs> but it was a real simple yes or no question. Were you influenced by this? And no. So that's what it was. But not, it, even, just, not even a hell no. It was just, yeah. yeah. Again, I was breaking protocol. <laughs> and the protocol is you get in a line and you have a fistful of cash and you select something for the star to sign. And the star hopefully signs it and spends 10 seconds looking at you and, and saying your name and, and uh, making you feel good. Acknowledge you, know? you, yeah. And then you walk away, you know, all warm and squishy. And the only thing they remember from seconds. you is your 40 bucks. That's right. You know. <laughs> We're all, I, I we're all a dollar sign. We're, we're all just dollar signs. That's. I just think it's sort of sad, frankly. Yeah, it is you know, sad. I, I really do. But, but that's not what Bing Comic Con is about. 
no, Ben Khan is is about actually having an opportunity to converse with interesting people. And if you're a fan, maybe you're going to become a new fan of somebody who you discover at, at Ben Khan. Right. And of course, at the, the star of this Ben Khan, in my mind, the guy who uh, I'm going to promote the, the living crap out of in our newspapers is my buddy Mark Mastel because yeah. his book his book is a great book. It's outstanding. And what's so great about it is that it's going to ena- enable a whole group of fans to discover it. Absolutely. To discover this work. And Mark did a great job and Tom Stanowski did a great job. The only, you know, the only problem with the book is the freaking forward by Bissett. But uh, <laughs> poor Bissett. <laughs> I'm sorry oh, I ever I'm brought up his sure name. I put a link to this on Facebook and aim it right at I feel so but... bad I even mentioned his name. No, no, that's that's fine. You know, he'll <laughs> he'll enjoy it. But the bottom line is to me the star of the show is Mark. He's got a great book and I think it's I think that once people discover it or rediscover it, he's going to sell a whole bunch. Uh, he's going to be able to retire to the uh, Riviera, you know. He's going to be uh, smoking cigars, burning, lighting them with a hundred-dollar bill. I mean, he's going to do well with this. <laughs> Pipe dreams, my friend. Pipe dreams. But I am sincere. <laughs> to me, Mark is the star of the show. the The feature of this Bincon is the fact that one of the founders has come out with this excellent book, and it's three hundred pulse-pounding pages for only twenty bucks. God bless America. Nice. Oh my! I'm and, and, and guess what? He won't charge you extra for his autograph either. No, hell no! You'll get an autograph <laughs> and a sketch. That's right. Nice, awesome. And this year, besides the Chronicles book, we're also going to have Chronicles T-shirts too. Nice. Yep, we got a little piece of artwork on them. I actually wore one yesterday to the uh, the Merrimack Valley event, and I had two or three people saying, "Nice shirt." I was nice. like, "Well, thank you." That's awesome. I, hey, will, speak- I almost wanted to say it's my artwork, but I just kind of yeah, don't kept be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Hey, what? Uh, speaking guy. of T-shirts, you know what my yep. favorite thing uh, about Bing, one of my favorite things about Bing Comic Con is the exclusive Bing Comic Con T-shirt that we get every year, designed by the one and only Mark Mastel. And hey! uh, I'm a big fan of those T-shirts. In fact, I basically work for free. I work for those T-shirts. I get a T-shirt. That's what I get for DJing, which is which is perfect. That's all I need. But I love those T-shirts, and I wear them proudly. Yeah, you get a T-shirt and my undying gratitude. Yeah, well, you're my friend, so you don't need to give me that. But I appreciate the T-shirt, absolutely. But So this year, what is the T-shirt going to be? I forgot to ask you this. I want to know, what What am I looking forward to this year? Well, Brian Hale has been asking me for the past three years to do a werewolf. <laughs> so we're going to do a werewolf this year. That's awesome. And the past two years, we've done uh, two colors. We've done a glow-in-the-dark green mm-hmm. and then the white on the black. Yep. This year... Brian wanted to go with a silver to emphasize the moon Ooh. and the silver in the wolf's eyes. So, nice. So that's what we got coming this year. The shirt should be in this week. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I'm very curious to see how the silver looks. Uh, oh, yeah. my, initial, my initial thought was go with the green because the green will be a really nice contrast and it will glow in the dark. But uh, Brian assured me that the silver is going to look really damn good. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. My, you know my favorite one. I mean, you've done some great ones, but my favorite one, the one that I rock all the time and it freaks my kids out, is Bing Comic Con 2016, of course, the zombie head. uh, Really? Oh, yeah, I love that one. And the kids kids get all grossed out by it every time I put it on. They're like, why are you wearing that, Daddy? 
<laughs> I don't care. I love it. What was last year's? Was last year's the UFO or was that the year yeah, before? Yeah. Yeah. yeah last I year's like that the UFO one too. Alien. Obviously, I like the dinosaur one. That's a classic. That's my favorite. You've done some good ones. You've done yeah. some good ones. But yeah, I, you know, zombie. I like zombies. And I, I'm, I have a feeling I might, the werewolf might be my new favorite. I'm a big fan of that stuff too. Oh, good. I like any classic yeah, horror stuff. Yeah, it's got a real kind of creepy feel to it, and it's just this big, savage wolf face with the moon behind him, and then Bing Comic Con in the moon itself. Oh, nice. I can't wait to scare my kids with this one. Oh, great. <laughs> Blame me. That's right. So, all right, we've got all that awesome stuff coming, but what we mm-hmm. really want to know, how about a quick rundown of some of the guests that people are going to be able to actually meet and interact with at Bing Comic Con 2019 in Springfield, Massachusetts, USA, Earth, Milky Way on October the 26th. All right, my friend, I have, actually, this year we have grown. Oh, yeah? And now you, you asked me, Mark, how do we grow? We have three rooms. <laughs> well, we what also found just out, happened? too, that... Somebody fought that. Whoa. I think that oh werewolf, gosh. the werewolf has suddenly appeared on the podcast. What's happening? Somebody's breathing heavy into the mic. All right, go ahead. What do we got? All right, so this year we've we've grown quite a bit. We had sold out of our tables in July. That's and awesome. I was con- and even after I posted it on Facebook and everything, we were still getting people reaching out to us saying, do you have tables? Do you have tables? And I had like 11 or 12 people on my waiting list. So I asked Brian to check out the hall and see if there's any other rooms we could use. So we found out that as you come into the show, Usually you have to go up a flight of stairs. This time around, we've got a room that's downstairs. We're going to have signs pointing to the downstairs and everybody know they're down there. So I've got another seven or eight people down there. So we're looking at somewhere close to 60 tables for this year's show. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, the big thing is we're going to really promote it because I, you know, these guys, they're on the wait list and it was either bump them completely, which I didn't want to do because I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to, you know, vend at the show. Right. So I reached out to them. I said, hey, we're going to give you a little discount on the tables. It's a set size. This is where you're going to be. And I would say almost everybody from my wait list decided that they wanted to do it. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, don't worry, because I have the microphone, and I will heavily promote and remind the con goers that there is more to see downstairs. Downstairs. Beautiful. All right, so here's a quick rundown of guests that we have. Uh, Give it to us. Quite a few uh, new people coming. Awesome. Uh, Give us those. Yep. Some of the returnees are Richard Peeney from ElfQuest. Ah, yes. uh, Jim Lawson from the Turtles. Our pal Steve Murphy, who uh, Mike mentioned before. Artist from Connecticut, Jim Taylor. Keith Gleason from uh, Plastic City. Oh, Mighty Mascots, baby. Mighty Mascots, great book. My boy, great Great book. book. My friend Gary Smith is uh, an artist from up up in South Deerfield, fantastic painter, and he's got some really nice comics. We have the legend Brian Kirk from Moot Comics going to be joining us. Awesome. Pint of Comic Guys will be with us. And Uh, they'll probably be doing interviews and recording. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you enter the show, they're going to be the first ones you see, so they'll be kind of like our ambassadors of goodwill. Nice. Markellis Reagans. Some guy we all know. He's some kind of expert. <laughs> he is an expert from the So Wizard podcast. That very that same guy. And my co-creator yeah. on Unhappy Grandma. 
Speaking of, we also are going to have Aaron Wood. The master of bow ties himself. Yeah, very nice. He's going to be attending the show along with Mark LaPierre, yeah. two of your cohorts. Um, comic book dealer Mike Murray is going to be back with us. Uh, he's been with us since year one. He's going to have a good selection of comics and cards. And um, I think he's got a lot of sketch covers this year. Awesome. So, yeah, so he'll be able to have, you know, farm those out to people. A really big name that we have coming this year is uh, cosplayer Batman uh, Matches Malone. Oh, I love Matches. What a great yeah. guy. What a Matches. great guy. Genuine. It, what a, The charity work he does, what a great guy. Yeah, Matches is awesome. He's like the guy. If you, want to see, if you know any kind of Batman cosplayers, they pale to what Matches can do because he, he's it. Yeah, he is Batman. Yeah, as as, Absolutely. Yeah. Also for cosplay, we're going to have uh, Springfield uh, Green Arrow, Donnie Francis. Donnie's uh, the man. Jamie, yep, Jamie Dolan's going to be with us. I'm not sure if she's going to go as Hella or Wonder Woman. I guess she's going to surprise us this year. And Jamie Dolan also involved with the Angry Geeks show. Angry Geeks show, yes. A couple new people that we have for guests. Marcus McLaurin, uh, he's a local guy. He interned at Marvel Comics. And then in turn became an editor, and he also did some artwork for them over the years. Really nice guy. We met him this past year up in Greenfield. Super sharp guy. Looking forward to having him at the show. We also have who a couple who we met also up in Greenfield. Um, Sean Longdrink. Ooh, what was that? Uh, we've, I think Dobbs might have fallen asleep. Okay. He is older than I am. It is past my bedtime. <laughs> there we go. There he is. We're getting to the wrap-up, Dobbs. Don't worry. Yeah. Hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got two people. Both of them uh, are uh, teachers at the Cooper School. One of them is Sean Mandrake. She is a uh, artist and colorist. Uh, she has worked with her father, Tom Mandrake, who is a DC legend. And her boyfriend and also fellow artist, Justin Prokowicz. He's also a uh, instructor at the Cooper School. And he's also a fine artist. And he's actually from the Greenfield area. They were very approachable. I reached out to them and said, we'd love to have you at our one-day show. They're going to tie it into a visit with the family. And the way I look at it is if Sean and Justin like our show, and she has said that her dad really likes one-day shows, maybe there's a Tom Mandrake and a Dan, you know, Jander Sema appearance in our future for BingCon. That's awesome. You know what's cool about that, too, with them being involved with the Kubrick School? People that might want to attend that school or know more, get to learn more about that school can definitely approach these people and pick their brains and find out all about it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah anybody who's, who wants to get into mainstream comics, you can go self-taught like I did to be perfectly honest with you. When I graduated high school in 1981, you're dating yourself, Mark, do, you're dating yourself. Yeah. I, well, Hey, I'm still 10 years younger than Dobbs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The first thing I want to do is check out the Kubert School, and I really wanted to go there because my goal was to be a comic book artist, and I figured that's the place to get your training. However, at that time period, you know, it was expensive to go there, plus moving all the way down New Jersey just was not feasible. You know, we've got friends of ours, you know, Steve Bissett, Tim Truman, John Toddlebin, Tom Mandrake, and Jander Summer themselves. They've all gone through the Kubert School. Gary and Smith they're all Cooper School guy, too. Oh, that's right. Gary Smith and also, too, uh, Brett Swanson, also another guy who's going to be joining our show. Yeah, they, so they've also got the experience of being there and being taught by a lot of these amazing artists and, uh, you know, legends in the business. It's awesome. 
a couple more new guys. Tim Jones. He does a, a comic strip called Sour Grapes. Yeah. And I believe he's in like 27 papers now all throughout the um, the East Coast. And he's got a few papers here and there. Uh, really nice guy. Very funny. Uh, his strip is a, is a riot. And this will be his first uh, appearance at our show. We also have a Doug, Doug Arthur. He's an artist from um, Albany. Uh, his brother is Rick Arthur, who also did a lot of work for the Turtles. They both have completely different styles. I'm really looking forward to seeing him, you know, seeing his work at the show and seeing how well he does. Oh, and we also have a new artist, too. I don't know her first name. That's the one thing about getting some of these uh, responses that you get their studio name. So, mm-hmm. uh, Bee Doodles Illustrations. Okay. Uh, she's going to be at the show this year. Uh, I've seen her website, some really cool stuff. And if it keeps uh, you up forward. at night wondering what her first name is, the way to find out is to attend Bing Comic Con 2019. You can ask her personally what her first name is, and you'll find out. You bet. So, yeah, it's a good it's a good turnout. Like I said, a lot of new people. We've got some standbys coming by. I'm still shocked that Richard Peeney still wants to come back and do our show. Richard Peeney seems to have a lot of fun at our show, at your show. Sorry, not our show, yeah. your show. Richard has always said, in fact, he said it after our, the first year there, he came up to me, he says, I love your show. Yeah. He says, it's, it's not like New York or Boston where mm-hmm. I, it's a cattle call for him and Wendy, where they just go back and forth from panel to panel. He said, your show, I can sit, I can relax, I can hang out, chat, meet people, sell some books, and just be relaxed and have a good time. Listen to some great music. Some music. <laughs> he does. He, he, um, he throws me requests. Yeah, go ahead. Does he? Yeah, he sits right in front of me, in front of the stage. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What, what is I'd it, love, Chris? I'd, I'd, I'd love to get him up on stage for the art fight. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be what, able to do that. What other writer wants to throw down with Richard Penny? Yeah, that'd be good. Maybe Dobbs? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. There's a All challenge. Right. I'll, see, I'll, sure. I'll see what I can do. I'm up for for public humiliation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why you're on this podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, you haven't done you haven't done the uh, the uh, art fight in like five years when you took on Murphy. Oh man, that's right. That was a long time ago. And Murphy won. So I think we should have a rematch. There you go. We can work. We can make that happen. Awesome. Very well, cool. Time. We what do we have? We have some other. We have some like crafters. We have other stuff going on there too. What else? Uh, give us some of those uh, names. Sure. We've got. Where is my girl? Her name is Christina Moy. She usually sets up in the second room. She always has some really cool kind of Doctor Who stuff and some artwork that she sells. And she also does teas. It was one of the things that the uh, Pine of Comic guys asked me about. Is the is the tea girl going to be back? <laughs> and she makes these herbal teas and she sells them. And she you know calls them Doctor Who's so-and-so or the Ninth Doctor's Tea, and they're really good. My wife buys them for me every year, so they're very tasty, and I look forward to uh, having that. We have uh, Justin Bourget. He's going to be coming up with his wife. Justin is a toy dealer, so he'll be right up your alley. Uh, But his wife is going to be doing uh, kind of genre-oriented cupcakes this year. One so of these, kind of one of these big Comic Cons. I have one request because you you've asked me in the past: Is there someone that something I want to see at Bing Comic Con that I haven't seen yet? And you know, I'm going to tell you, I want Lego minifigures. I want somebody who's dealing in Lego minifigs to be at the Bing Comic Con so I can spend some money that I shouldn't be spending. Mark actually approached approached a guy. And oh yeah. He he was interested and then. Didn't follow through, oh, uh, Mark. despite Mark's efforts to to book him. So. Oh, that's too yeah. bad. 
Gentlemen, unfortunately, my phone is running out of juice. Oh, no, so that's fine. I, I want to exit before it abruptly goes dead. It exits you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it it is... It is time for my Geritol and my naps. So. I understand. Um, well, I look forward to seeing you on October 26, 2019 at the Bing Comic Con, Mr. Mike Dobbs. Absolutely. And thank you so much for the opportunity of speaking with you here on the podcast. All right, man. Thank you. Have Mark, a good night. Later, See you later, Mike. Man. Thanks, buddy. Bye. 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 All right. The real, star, the real star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that Mike Dobbs. What a guy. I love that guy. I'm so excited too. that he came on. That was a pleasant. Originally, it was just going to be you, and when you said we might be able to get Dobbs involved, I was very excited. Yeah, I've known Mike Dobbs since the uh, the late '80s, back when he was managing the Tower Theater in South Hadley. Yeah, and I would show up an hour before the movie, chat with him for an hour, watch the movie, come back out and chat with him another hour. Yep. And the brotherhood began. Talk about approachable people. Like Dobbs is one of those people you can go up to him and talk to him. And he is so well-versed in a multitude of subjects. Like he's not just, he's not a one trick pony. He is, I always enjoy my conversations with Mike. But if you ask him a sports question, yeah, yeah. you will stump him. That's right. That's the one area you can't go with. <laughs> nope. I can keep up with you with baseball and a little bit on football. Yeah. Just don't ask me about basketball and hockey. Right. Right, fair enough. Oh, and wrestling, though. We can do wrestling. We can do wrestling, yeah. Awesome. NXT, AEW, woohoo. Chris, anything you want to ask Mr. Mastel before we wrap things up? No, no, I think you've covered it all. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And we might even podcast there if I can find time to get away from the stage. Uh, we might even do like a quick little something for Not Another Nerdy Podcast uh, while we're there and... Any of you knotheads out there want to be part of that, you know, show up to the show. Maybe you could get involved and actually be on a show, a Bing Comic-Con exclusive. You never know. Yeah. Bring on Farmer Mike. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to come up from Coventry, Connecticut, USA, Earth, Milky Way. I, I hope that he does because that one year he came, we had a blast. He was a lot of fun He was there. a blast. Yeah. He was a blast. And we got him up to do the, uh, the art fight. You did. And he did good. Yeah. yeah. He did really well. I believe he won that year. He did. He did not win at Retro World Expo a couple no. weekends ago. <laughs> he tried, but so maybe he could come this year to Bing Comic Con and win again. He yeah, can that'd be cool. Rede I, redeem I, himself. You know, any kind of fresh meat I can get up on the stage and then <laughs> oh, uh, draw is is great by me. Well, Mike loves uh, to throw his meat on the stage. That's one thing about the farmer. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, my favorite year a couple of years ago, Casey um, Casey Kohler came up with uh, he came up with his daughter and uh, they had a nice end cap and he was doing a bunch of sketches and stuff. I kind of walked around with my uh, art fight list and I said, Casey, uh, you interested in doing the art fight? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And his daughter's like, what's the art fight? And I explained it to her and she's like, Dad, let's do it. And he looked at me and he goes, I guess I'm doing the art fight. <laughs> and I felt I felt guilty, you know, but his daughter had a blast and he came by and he thanked me. He goes, she loved that. That's right. Sometimes, you know, people don't realize how much fun it can be until you put them on the spot and make them do it. Yeah. And he had a blast and, and he's such a nice guy. Awesome. I really appreciate Casey anytime he can do our show. All right. Well, let's do one final recommendation. Of course, you know what we're all going to recommend to you, Not Nation, and I'll let Mark Mastel take it away. Give us your big pitch. 
All right, come on down to Bain Comic Con, October 26th. It's a Saturday in Springfield, Massachusetts. The address is 361 Sumner Avenue. Easily available to get to us from the uh, Mass Pike and also Route 91 from Springfield or Northampton. The hours are 11 to 5. We are going to have Benson's Bagels there again with some fantastically affordable food. And it's not just chips and sodas. It's nope. going to be bagels and donuts and sandwiches and wraps. Some amazing food. There's also going to be coffee on hand. So, you know, any of you guys going to show up first thing in the morning, come on by, hit up a cup of cup, cup, cup of coffee. Couple of cups of coffee. Yeah, you can edit that one out. <laughs> I think I'll, I think uh, I'll be leaving that one in. Yeah, you like that one? I did oh, like. I that. think Mike. I think Mike had a few good sound bites for the show. He did. Yeah, so please throw some of those out there. I want to hear some dobs. <laughs> you got it. All right. Uh, so yeah, come on up to the show. We're gonna have uh, sixty plus tables, artists, crafters, writers, illustrators, creators, comic book dealers, toy dealers cupcake people we try to get a wide variety of people and do my best and like i said i've got a bunch of new people coming this year so it'll be interesting to see who they are because i'll be wandering around myself checking them out and the best I'm part is have table. it's only five bucks five bucks to get in free parking i'm gonna have a table this year and boy do i appreciate mr dobbs giving me some uh, some praise there i'm gonna be doing a bunch of shows this coming uh, fall and then mike and i are doing uh, the big apple show on, on December 14th in New York City. Nice. Um, so anybody listening to this, if you come to the show and you wish me a happy birthday, uh, you'll get a free gift. Awesome. All right. I am Thanks, very excited for this year's Bing Comic Con. I, I, this is, how many years is it now? This is the sixth year, seventh year? Sixth, sixth year. Sixth year, which means it's my fifth year emceeing yep. and, and playing the music, spinning the wheels of steel, as they say. That's and it. you, no one's better. Oh, you're it. You're it, man. I appreciate you for saying that. Thank you. All right. Well, Chris, anything you'd like to add and or recommend to Not Nation before we head out? Obviously, I'm going to recommend that everybody go to the Bing Comic Con. Also, you forgot to mention free parking. He said it, but you can say it again. Free parking is good. And remember, folks, it's at a church. So don't drive by thinking, oh, there's a lot of cars in the parking lot. It must be a wedding or a funeral. No, it's actually a Comic Con. Come on in. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And I'd like to just get one quick recommendation, if you don't mind. No, not at all. I believe it's Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. I'm not sure which one yet. Uh, I've been watching it streaming. Jendi Tartakovsky originally did Samurai Jack. He has a new show now called Primal. Oh. I just heard all about, about that. Yeah, uh, it's about a caveman. Uh, he's, they're about five or six episodes in. Is it the same Amazing. style as Samurai Jack? A little different but still that same chaotic, frenzied action. I like that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I totally isn't, love it. If I remember correct, the description I read about it, isn't it almost completely free of dialogue? Yes. Oh. Lots of screaming and grunts and groanings and roars. <laughs> well, it's cavemen, so. Well, it's also Tom Van Sant's sex life. <laughs> With himself. Ooh. Yeah. It's on the cartoon. Awesome. Oh, is it? Okay, great. Thanks. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Mr. Mark Mestel. Uh, I appreciate the invite. Anything I can do for you guys and vice versa, we're there. Awesome. Well, I will see you at Bing Comic Con 2019, October 26th in beautiful Springfield, Massachusetts, USA, Earth, Milky Way. You watch out for those raccoons, buddy. All right, guy. All right. (laughs) Now it's teenage girls I have to worry about. They like to pull out in front of me. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's a story for another podcast. But anyway, again, on behalf of my magical and my metal co-hosts who came on for this very special Bing Comic Con episode, 72.5 of Not Another Nerdy Podcast, Mr. Christopher Todd. Uh, Maybe I'll find a sign offline at Bing Comic Con. There you go. And of course, Mr. Mike Dobbs, who had to jet out early, and my friend of, uh, it's got to be going on almost 30 years now, right, Mark? Good Christ, it's yeah. Been, it's been a long <laughs> fucking time, boy. <laughs> my, we, we used to not have gray hair. That's right. My old friend, one of the first comic shops I ever worked at, uh, I worked with him, and it's uh, Mr. Mark Mastell. Yeah, brother. Thank you much. Until next time, bye-bye. 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 Everybody's got a little piece of Van Zant in them.